0: STORIES, FABLES, GHOSTLY TALES You awaken, you feel like you're trapped, you feel like you're drowning, you're in some kind of sack, you can't breathe, you won't breathe, there's a fluid all around you but it's thick, gelatinous. You break out and hit the ground with a wet slap. Welcome to hell. And welcome listeners, this week's stories are not for kids, not for little ears, not for gremlins, so to speak. And park this episode if you have an aversion or negative trigger regarding sexual abuse, rape, and all things awful, this episode is not for you. Although it's not detailed, there is a mention of it, and I wanted to let you know up front. Otherwise, step right in. Now, today's episode is titled, How to Survive in Hell by Rat Rotted. It's going to get bumpy, so tie yourself to your chair with your remaining umbilical cord and take a long gulp of amniotic fluid. Things are going down a dark path, a path most unholy. I woke up in a birthing sack, panicked and choking on amniotic fluid. I clawed at the fleshy walls, fighting with all my terrified strength to free myself. With a wet ripping sound, I was dumped onto the muddy cobbles of the street below, twisting my ankle as I landed. Cold rain blasted my naked body clean of the sack's liquid i tried and failed to get to my feet the street was alien to me an insane medley of architecture ranging from the modern to the prehistoric the sky above boiled with storm clouds illuminating my surroundings with nonstop flashes of lightning a man walked over to me his hair was matted with filth and the rain streaked down his mismatched leather clothes He said nothing, just watched me squirm on the floor. Please, I gasped, help me. He answered by slamming a foot down on my face, breaking my jaw and making my vision real. He moved onto my limbs, stamping and tugging until he heard the bones snap, crippled, naked and screaming. There was nothing I could do to defend myself when he started to eat me alive. My introduction to hell wasn't unusual. Very few people survive their first hour, let alone their first night. When they die, they go through the same thing again, emerging from a new birthing sack in another part of the city. Eventually, they learn to attack the first person they see, and, if they are lucky, They'll be able to kill that person. That's the one rule of hell. The strong take from the weak. Get used to the idea. And you might just make it through the afterlife. I'm going to give you a helping hand. Consider this your handbook to hell. A primer on the inferno. Make no mistake though. I'm not doing this out of the goodness of my heart. When you die, you'll owe me one. Don't worry about trying to find me. I guarantee we'll run into each other, eventually. Eternity is a long fucking time. So it's a matter of when, rather than if. Do as I tell you, and you'll have a better chance than most of avoiding my own nasty introduction to the pit. Welcome to Hell. Some people swear they saw a light at the end of the tunnel when they died. To my mind, those people either hallucinated or... They're lying. Most of us just wake up in a birthing sack a few minutes after death. The buildings of Hell are covered in the things. Horrible. Yellow-brown pimples. Growing out of the brick. I've already mentioned that the first thing you need to do is claw your way out and get ready to fight. This is where the real bitch of the situation comes into play. Since not everybody has the strength to break through their sack's flesh, you get the body you had just before you died, see? So let's say you were born a cripple, or maybe you died too young. Or too old. Tough. Shit. You're going to have a rough eternity drowning in birthing fluid over and over. If you manage to break free of your sack, don't waste time moping around. Wondering what the fuck happened. Get on your feet and get ready to defend yourself. Chances are good that the first person who sees you will be hungry. There are no plants or animals in Hell, so cannibalism is your only option, if you don't fancy starving to death and having to start over. Aim to kill the first person you see. It might take a few tries. Most of Hell's residents have been fighting for survival a lot longer than you. They might have armor made from tan skin, scavenged metal and bone. They'll almost certainly have a shiv, club or axe. All of that will be useful to you if you can take it from them. The next thing to do is find shelter. It never stops raining in hell and pneumonia is a shitty way to die. Luckily, you'll have a selection of buildings to choose from. Ever wanted to live in a run-down Victorian manor with a half-roof and no furniture? How about an ancient Egyptian mud-brick hovel? If people have built it, You can find a crumbling version of it in hell. Pick a building, kill any squatters you find, and move in. The best houses are the ones that come with a supply of scrap metal and timber. Not only are these good for making weapons with, they're also vital for getting drinkable water. I learned that the hard way. That hell's rain is teeming with disease. It has to be boiled before it's safe. So, getting a fire going, and something to make a bowl with is a necessity. So, we've killed our first man and found a home. Things are going well. Get that far, and you're going to want to hang on to what you have forever. You won't. Something will kill you eventually, and you'll have to start over. My record is a year. If you want to beat that, you'll need to understand hell and its denizens. The damned. The people of hell can be grouped into two categories. The first, the fresh meat, are those who've just climbed out of a birthing sack. It's kill or be killed when it comes to fresh meat, always has been. The newly birthed want clothing and tools and will kill to get hold of them. The second category, the residents, view fresh meat as a quick and easy supply of food, leather, and bone. Residents have an easier time of it for sure, and all of them will fight to retain their resident status for as long as they can. Make no mistake though, residents victimize each other just as much as they prey on the fresh meat. If you're a woman for instance, well, you better get over any hang-ups you have about rape. Women get raped in hell, far more than men, it's just a fact. If you're not one of those bodybuilders or warrior women, do the smart thing and prostitute yourself for protection. Self-respect doesn't keep you breathing. Remember how you get the body you had just before you died? Well, that fact forms the core of Hell's society. The truth of the matter is that, throughout history, it's usually been men who died in battle. That means that in Hell... There are a lot of men with young, strong bodies fit for war. Don't like it? Tough. Those are the guys who call the shots. If you can't fight them, you better do as they tell you. If you live long enough and fight well enough, you might get invited into one of the resident tribes. These are groups of people who band together for the sake of safety in numbers, believe me. Being part of a group makes things a lot easier in Hell. However, keep in mind that you're only part of the tribe for as long as you are a resident. Get yourself killed, and it's back to being fresh meat. Tribes offer the closest thing to civilized society that you'll find in Hell. If you're part of a tribe, you have people on your side who probably won't kill you unless shit gets rough. Doesn't sound like much, but... That's about as good as it gets. My own survival record was thanks to getting into a tribe. Life was good for a while there. We had about 50 soldiers and plenty of girls to fuck. Nobody could touch us and the men abided by an honor code. So the usual fear of being stabbed in the back by your friend wasn't too much of an issue. I could have spent my eternity in reasonable comfort but hell as a way of fucking over a good thing. Human flesh and boiled rainwater doesn't exactly make for a balanced diet. And sooner or later, even the strongest resident dies of malnutrition. I did well to last a year on it. Though the last few months were agony. If I believed in God, I'd swear he designed hell in such a way that nobody stays on top of the food chain for long. The City and the Wasteland Most of the damned live in this. D-I-S, the city of hell. That's where all the fresh meat is born, and considering the size of the place, coupled with the short life expectancy, a lot of people will spend eternity without ever setting foot outside of Dis. Take my advice. Do not leave the city. Things are rough on the streets, that's true, but trust me when I say, it gets a whole lot worse if you try to leave. Dis... Is surrounded by a wasteland called Gehenna. At first glance, it doesn't look like much. Just an empty expanse of grey stretching out into infinity. Sometimes the damned lose that fire in the belly, the will to survive, and set off wandering into Gehenna. Most of them never come back. I made the walk myself once, a long time ago. I don't care how hard you think you are, spend enough time in hell, and it starts to break you down. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm a good person who never deserved this. Nobody can say that and not be a liar. I'm not evil, though. Or rather, I wasn't. Not until I got to hell. You murder, rape, and torture because you know they'd do the same to you. You're murdered, raped, and tortured... Because they know you'll do the same to them. Give it long enough and you just don't want to face it anymore. That's when you take the walk into Gehenna. The first couple of miles I walked were nothing special. The rain stopped after a while, the sludge beneath my feet giving way to grey ash. And I caught my first glimpse of Hell's sky beyond the clouds. It was a flat grey, with a white sun, completely devoid of beauty or warmth. I trudged on. While walking through Gehenna, I lost any urge to eat, drink, or sleep. My body started to waste away, but I didn't care. Even when my skin started to peel away and my bones were exposed, I didn't care. The further I walked, the hollower I became in mind, body, and soul. I don't know what would have happened. If I'd kept going. Frankly, I don't want to know. Some part of me still wanted to live. So I turned back. I'd walked for days, maybe weeks, yet when I turned around, this was only a few steps away. I stepped back into the city, and my body finally fell apart. When I emerged from my birthing sack, I swore to never step foot into Gehenna again. Escaping Escaping hell. Hell. There are ways to leave Hell. That should be obvious. Otherwise, I wouldn't be talking to you, would I? Sometimes the living get it into their heads that they want to talk with the dead. They get their crystals, incense, and spirit boards in the hopes of reaching their loved ones. Most do nothing more than trick themselves into thinking they've made contact. They smile or cry. Convinced their beloved granny is playing the harp on a cloud somewhere before getting on with their lives. A few have the skill to actually reach us though. They can open a gate between hell and the world of the living that we perceive as a pillar of fire stretching down from the clouds. As soon as one of those pillars shows up, the damned scramble to be the first to get to it. You haven't seen the true nature of man until you've watched thousands of the damned swarming over each other, kicking, biting, and clawing to be the one who escapes. Contacting the dead always results in a bloodbath. Even the most civilized tribes fall apart the instant it becomes clear that only one of them can leave. I've left hell twice now. Left my body behind, and ridden that pillar of fire up into the clouds. Some people believe that you can be possessed by demons. Let me tell you something. Demons aren't real. What the living see as demonic possession is just one of the damned testing out their new body. Let's face it, if you fought your way through hell to get back to the world of the living... You're not going to be on your best behavior for long. Sooner or later, we take things too far. Our host dies or their family cave and recruit an exorcist. Then we're fresh out of the birthing sack and on the streets again. I'm going to go now. When you get to hell, remember my advice and that you owe me one. Maybe we can form a tribe someday. For the time being though, I want to see what my new body can do. Part 2 By now, you should have a good idea of what you can expect from hell. You know to kill the first person you see once you escape from the birthing sack. You know to find clothing, tools, and shelter. You know that no matter what you do, how well you do, someday it's back to being fresh meat. This is the biggest city you can imagine. Tribes fight and die for territory, and taking a wrong turn is a fucking death sentence. You'll get a feel for where you should and shouldn't go eventually. Develop the kind of street smarts you need to stay a resident for more than a day. Even so, there are places in this that you should know about. Let's do a little sightseeing tour of hell. Maybe the advance warning will do you some good. Skin Street Allow me to tell you about the first time I saw skin street I dropped out of my birthing sack onto the road stood straight back up and got myself ready to fight Nobody was there Not one single person was out on a street that stretched for miles in either direction. I Relaxed a little and took a look around most of the streets in dis are a labyrinthian network of buildings. You spend most of your stay in hell, paranoid that, just around the next corner, there's someone ready to beat you down. Skin Street isn't like that. It's a single straight line with only the rain and the darkness to hamper your visibility. I felt more vulnerable there than I felt in any other part of this. Have you ever walked into a wide, empty space and suddenly felt exposed? Yeah, imagine also being naked, unarmed, and in hell. Still, I knew what I was supposed to do. The first step was to find some clothing. That's where I learned how Skin Street got its name. Every building, every busted streetlight, and gas lamp was decorated with flayed skin. I'd been in hell long enough by that point to not be too freaked out, but I'd be lying if I said it didn't affect me. In a fucked up kind of way, it reminded me of Christmas, you know? People hanging wreaths and lights from their houses, that sort of thing. I remembered the time I'd spent with my family, with my kids on Christmas morning. Feelings like that get you killed. I pushed them back down and pulled some scraps from their nearest building. If somebody was going to leave clothing material lying about, I may as well take it, right? I didn't know it at the time, but every step I took on Sken Street was being watched. When the attack came, I didn't even get a glimpse of the guy. BANG! My skull fractured from an expert swing of a club. Whoever hit me went for my eyes the second I hit the floor, stuck his fingers right into my sockets. I was blind and crying like a baby when he started to peel away my skin. Here's the thing. Some people are fucked up even by hell's standards. The loners, serial killers, stalkers, and psychos all make their way to Skin Street in the end. Most of the damned use the whole body of a kill, but the Skin Street people like to take trophies. They leave their ornaments out as bait for the ignorant, skulking in the shadows and waiting for the best moment to ambush. If you find yourself on Skin Street, you're going to have to think fast. Forget clothing, just grab a rock, piece of wood, or anything else you can use as a weapon. Stay out of the shadows, keep checking behind you, and get out of there as quickly as you can. Perdition Perdition Farms You're going to be chased in hell, that's unavoidable. At some point, you'll stumble into somebody bigger than you, or you'll find yourself outnumbered. Forget about a fair fight. If somebody can take you down without you fighting back, you bet that's what they'll do. It's easy to lose focus when you're running for your life. You can forget to pay attention to your surroundings. That, my friend, is a big mistake. The outskirts of Perdition Farms are littered with billboards. They promise free food and safety to anybody fucking stupid enough to believe them. The tribes that fight over that particular territory like to herd people off the streets and into the industrial complex they call home. The good news is that those tribes won't kill you. The bad news is that they're big fans of taking people alive. They've got a project, you see. Been working on it for as long as I can remember. I couldn't tell you who originally decided that hell should have organized food production, only that the idea stuck. And that over the years, countless tribes have taken it upon themselves to try and make that dream a reality. Get yourself captured by them and you can look forward to a bit of slave labor. For the most part, the Perdition Farm tribes try to make use of the birthing pods as a source of food. They force their slaves to harvest them from the walls, grind them up in industrial vats, mix them with blood body parts, rainwater, and anything else that could conceivably make a broth. The life of a slave is short, brutal, and disgusting, particularly when those slaves are then used as guinea pigs for the latest concoction. You see, amniotic fluid can be drunk if you're desperate, though drinking too much is guaranteed to make you empty your stomach from every available orifice. The flesh of the sacs is a different matter though. I couldn't tell you exactly what the birthing sacs are. Some people say they're actually flesh, while others swear they're more like a fungus. What I do know is that they repair themselves over time, eat some of their flesh and over the next few days you'll grow a new birthing sac inside you. It's a small mercy that you won't live long enough to see it break through your skin. And you'll be dead shortly after your stomach bursts. If you're lucky, your days as a slave will end when the tribe decides they want some real meat. They're not stupid enough to test their broth themselves, not when there's no shortage of slaves in hell. Look, I can't force you to stay out of Perdition Farms, I can only offer advice. In my opinion, if you think you're being herded there, it's better to take whatever's to hand and cut your own throat, I'd take fresh meat status a hundred times before spending another day on the farms. The The Boneyard Boneyard. So maybe you're thinking to yourself, hey, I'm the kind of nutjob who'd join a cult, is there anything in hell for me? If that sounds like you, the Boneyard has you covered. You see, there's a certain kind of religious fanatic who really does belong in hell. I'm not talking about the old dears who bake cakes to raise money for the new church roof here. I'm talking about the guys who went to war because God commanded it, who burned women for supposedly consorting with demons, and who saw nothing wrong with fucking the odd kid. When those people get to hell, they're too thick-headed to make sense of what happened. Why face reality when you can pretend it's all just a test of faith? They find like-minded folk in the boneyard. I'm told that at one time the Boneyard was a cathedral surrounded by a cemetery that stretched from horizon to horizon. Maybe that's true. I don't know. These days it's a shanty town of temples and churches built from materials scavenged from the streets. Everywhere you look you'll find wide-eyed zealots preaching their own twisted version of redemption and gangs of masked men on the prowl for fresh converts. Mortification of the flesh is the main pastime in the Boneyard. If you listen to the cacophony of sermons, you'll be informed of how the flesh is wicked and must be purged of sin. How lucky we are to be given such a holy duty. How fortunate to be given the opportunity to redeem ourselves before God. The people of the Boneyard have had a long time and plenty of fucking practice when it comes to mastering torture and degradation. I'm not a good person. I've killed, raped, and cannibalized, but I can honestly tell you I'd never have been able to dream up some of the shit that goes on in the boneyard. I wandered in there by accident once, and I've never been able to get what I saw out of my brain. I watched a woman, naked and bound, force onto her knees and violated with iron rods, A preacher sewed his own eyes and lips shut in front of a crowd before sawing off his manhood with a piece of slate. A boy of maybe 14 was publicly crucified, and a girl was drowned in shit. An older man had sharpened flint, pushed under his fingernails. I could list off a hundred other atrocities done in the name of redemption. Stay away from the boneyard. The people there decide that hell just isn't hellish enough for their liking. Forget about redemption. Forget about God. The only way out of hell is by riding a pillar of fire and taking over a living body. Focus on that if you want to escape. The damned can't offer you salvation. The damned only offer pain. And this concludes part one and part two out of a three-part series called How to Survive in Hell. And all credit of this story goes to Rat Rotted. What a brilliant writer. You know, some writers make it really easy to narrate. Whether it be sentence structure, or whether it be the words they used, and the kind of descriptions they have for their locations. It's written in a way that it rolls off the tongue. Also, I've been asked what is the best platform to reach me on. Well, there are loads of ways to get hold of me and loads of ways to listen to this podcast. So you can reach me on my email, which is storiesfablesghostlytales at gmail.com. And if you're wondering how to listen to me easily, there's a couple of ways. Our uh, iTunes is the easiest. If you're not a fan of logging into Apple, feel free to hop onto Podcast Addict for any Android phone users. Or alternatively, I think at the moment I'm on Spotify as well, so give me a listen there if you've got a Spotify account. And lastly, this week there's going to be a lot more not safe for work stories, so the next couple of episodes are not going to be for little ears, but I'll make sure that there is a warning at the beginning of every episode, just in case. So stay tuned for Wednesday's episode, where I'll be finishing off part 3 and doing some not safe for work Reddit stories. Stick with me then, you brilliant listeners. And as always, till next time.